Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to the Coaching Youth Hoops Podcast. They're playing basketball. 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 Here's our hosts, Steve Collins. Steve Collins. And Bill Flitter. Bill Flitter. Hello, coaches. Welcome to another episode of Coaching Youth Hoops. Uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, John is from a local high school. He's a local high school girls coach. Uh, he is. He's coming back for a second episode. Um, and if you missed the first one, go back. He was talking about culture and how to establish culture, not only at high school level, but also at the grade school level and, and how you can work with coaches um, you know, your uh, high school, your local high school to help you establish culture in your particular team at the grade school level. Uh, John shared a lot of his knowledge, but if you missed that first one, John, like I said, John is a local, local to me, uh, uh, high school coach, division one in the state of California, top, uh, one of the top 10 programs in the state. Um, John has won, has numerous undefeated seasons, uh, has been coaching there for six years. Um, took a losing program and turned it around based on his culture. Um, but today we are going to talk about something completely different, and that is AAU. And there's lots of uh, <laughs> there's lots of uh, topics we could dive into, and we're, we'll see where this one goes today. John, thank you again for coming back. Appreciate you uh, and the time that you're taking to share with all the youth coaches around the world. So, John, welcome. Thank you so much. And you had to bring me back for the AAU discussion, right? I it's, did. Yeah. When yes. I, in our previous conversations, when I touched upon it, uh, and I when I and then I heard your reaction, I'm like, oh, <laughs> perfect. We got I got to bring John back on. We got to talk about this. So, well, so John, I'm going to leave this open ended. Uh, good. You know, and and we'll 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 see where this conversation goes. 
Um, first off, maybe give a, can you just quickly uh, explain what AAU is? Um, and because and, and, that's, that's, you know, it's big in the United States. We have listeners from all around the world, Germany, Australia, um, the UK, et cetera. So they may, they may not be familiar, quite familiar with AAU. Yeah. So AAU originally was created as a kind of second step or an additional step to organize basketball through schools and um, high schools and, and middle schools and, and even elementary schools. Uh, it, was, it was created originally for the enjoyment and skill development of young kids. So think about it or for youth, I guess. So yeah. think about it kind of like um, um, an add-on to the structured formal programs that were being run in schools, private and public schools, uh, in the form of small groups, uh, coaches, and uh, again, enjoyment and, and development really were its primary focus when it first started. And it's it's leaped off to something much different than that today. But uh, th- that to me is really what, what AAU is or was, uh, and how it came about. Yeah. And where is it today? Because I don't think it is quite, or maybe it is in a different form. Is it evolving? Did it, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on it? So it's like most things in life, you know, there is always the, um, there is always the exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, from my perspective, um, there's there's not enough folks that hold true to the fun and development side of what AAU used to stand for. And it's evolved, if that's the right word, into something that I think has become, uh, in many words, unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I believe AAU today is is focused more around the folks that benefit most from AAU yeah. again. Not the 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 except not the exceptions. There's some of that are out there, and I I'm glad to to talk about those. But the rule, unfortunately, is the folks that benefit most from those AAU programs are the folks that are receiving the checks from the kids and the parents, I should say. And I think that's just made it just made the whole AAU experience for me as a coach that is really really strong around making sure that kids build the team structure and loyalty and commitment and skill. It's made it very challenging for, for me. Mm. And, and why, why is that? Well, when, or what, what is the challenge that you're seeing when you, when you bring kids out of a structured environment where they're focusing on skill mm-hmm. and they're focused on working in their team environment and they're focused on fundamental stuff, Really, because that's what it's all about. We we want to teach the fundamentals of the game, and then later on in life, as they as they kind of piggyback fundamental on fundamental, it, it gets to a crescendo down the road where the kid kids um, demonstrate all these years of fundamental preparation and skill development, and hopefully uh, builds into this wonderful event for them when they get older to the high school level, where they can show this off, make a competitive team, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and where I think it's gone astray, and, uh, and this isn't speculation, I actually, I actually saw this, 
one of the parents of the of of a kid I coach or coached, I won't say whether it's coach or coached, actually sent me a video of one of the program directors at a local, very prominent, very good um, coach, I should say, uh, and a very well recognized AAU program where the coach is actually on video talking to the parents and the words that were spoken were, and I quote, we're not going to develop your kids here. We don't care about skill development here. What we care about is putting the best competitive team on the floor as possible and getting kids scholarship scholarships. That's all we care about. If you want skill development, go do it somewhere else. You're not, we're not going to do it while you're with us. And I got to tell you, that's, that's always bothered me. Mm. It's bothered me. Yeah. Um, Bill, again, just being very candid with you, yeah. what happens, what happens is I've had some kids fortunate enough to play on these, these great teams and in these programs and they go away and they spend the spring and the summer, um, spending a lot of money flying to these showcase tournaments. Um, and they come back to me in the summer and they come back to me in the, in the, in the winter for the season they're not any better than they were when they left. Yes, they get to play around some better competition in some cases, but they're not any better. And we have to reteach them. We have to reteach them things that they don't use in, in the competitive AAU world, like fundamental kind of things. Uh, and that, that I just don't know the, I don't know the benefit. Uh, if there's as many benefits as there are, what I think are, are detriments to what we call the AAU. Forget about what I say. Forget about me. I, I'm I'm just some guy that coaches high school basketball. <laughs> what do I know? But guys like Kobe Bryant, who said AAU is one of the worst things that could ever happen to mm. youth sports, agree. Yeah. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr knows more about basketball than fifty coaches will ever know. Yeah, you. His comments have been very made very public lately about how AAU has really hurt the sport. Baron Davis, he had a great AAU stint. He says AAU basketball has really, really ruined basketball for kids for lots of myriad of reasons. So I want to be sure I say this. There are a few programs out there that do a, some, a phenomenal job of skill development and competitive play. It's the programs that don't care about the skill development that just want to put a winning team and get sponsorship money and tell the kids, hey, we'll give you a great new pair of shoes and a really cool backpack. You come with us. And um, they fly all over the country for these showcases. And they come back. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, my experience is and they haven't been any better. There's a lot to unpack there, John, and I appreciate you sharing your opinion on that because it is definitely broken. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen it where, you know, I've had a AU coach who, you know, came up to me after we just got our butts kicked by him saying he uh, put his teams in a lower division so they could win that division so then they could turn around and say to the parents, we just were undefeated, won this division, and now it's time for you to pay. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, one, if you're going to do that, don't tell me that after you just, you know, whipped up on us because you're in the wrong division. 
and we're in the yeah. right division. Uh, but then that's just, to me, that's just the attitude, generally speaking. Like you said, there's great programs out there. Uh, but then the other thing is, I witnessed it myself. It's really sexy and exciting to, you know, to put like, to get the best of the best on your team and go and win, right? Yeah. Then get the contracts and the sponsorships and the shoes and, oh my gosh, that's really exciting. But what are you, it, you have to, as a coach, you have to remember, why are you coaching? If the reason you're coaching is for that, okay, go ahead and do that. But for me, and I know a lot of coaches, we're in it for the kids. And, you know, oh, kids need new shoes. Well, no, they actually need other things that, you know, we talked about culture, you know, in, our, in previous podcasts. Um, they need a sense of belonging. They need to build their confidence. They, you know, there's lots of other things that they need and they can learn through the game of basketball that's not that that's not the winning and the everything else and the pretty shoes and the backpacks and everything that goes along with it. And I have seen firsthand where kids who have gone the AAU route, games, 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 traveling around around the United States, just quit the game. Where the kids that, you know, just personally speaking, I have coached, I have trained, are filling the rosters now at the high school level. Um, and our starters and our playing because we took the time at the youth level to do the skill development. Did we win a lot? Nope. Didn't win a lot, but man, they're winning now because they have that great foundation built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that there's a place, I mean, you look at the, you look at the EYBL circuit, right? Invitation only yeah. uh, best is, is kind of what that was all built upon. You attract the finest. You play against the finest. You go to these tournaments, um, and you know most of the kids. I think that get on these best of the best EYBL teams. Yeah, I are already on somebody's radar. I think they're 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 already on somebody's radar. But if you do the math, and there's what 170 D1 programs or something. Yeah, yeah I think that's about right. 170 something D1 programs, and I'm just talking. <laughs> Um, I don't know the numbers for the WNBA. I don't know what their total draft pool is, but I think the NBA drafts about 60 some people a year, uh, players a year. I, I should have the WNBA numbers. I'm embarrassed. I don't, but um, you can do the math, right? You understand you're, you're living, you're living this story that says, and check me on this. If you think I'm wrong, <laughs> look at, at these programs and how they, they articulate we have players that have 168 or 768 scholarships. We have 122 players playing D1. I mean, that's what they're selling, right? Right, right. They're selling, yeah. get on board and we're going to get you in front of colleges. We're yeah. going to get you a scholarship. Okay. They can't say we're going to give you one, but that's what they're, that's what they're implying. Right. Then what about all the other AAU teams? What about all those other programs that aren't the best of the best of the best? What are you teaching down there? Are you, these kids aren't loyal to the programs? I mean, parents parents are are jumping kids and parents are jumping teams all the time. Yeah, you've got kids flying in from other states. I have a, a very good friend who lives in Texas. He flies his daughter into California to play on on some of these AAU teams, right? 
And the girls from the local AU teams are going, hmm, Susie from 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 uh, Iowa's here, and so is Janet from Texas. Uh, what about me? Uh, yeah. This is in my backyard. So, you know, where's the loyalty that's there for all these other kids? Uh, are they going back to their to their home programs, which is where they spend the magnitude of their time? Yeah. Are they going back to those home programs better prepared to succeed individually and for their team? I would make the case in more cases, no than yes. And that's a challenge for coaches like you and I that lose these kids for the AAU programs yeah. to coaches aren't one of the strong skill development coaches, right? Yeah. And those yeah. talked about, and then you've got it. You've got a self-correction process. You've got, we got to bring it back in. We got to get you into shape. We've yeah. got to teach it again. We've got to get you back into um, our system. It takes time. And takes so time. Yeah. It's hard. And talk about, I mean, I think one of the things that always comes up, well, we, you know, from parents and kids and because well, kids are, you know, taught this games, 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 games. So we got to get more games in, you know, and, and I was talking to a parent the other day and she said, you know, how many times my daughter shot the ball in her game six times. I'm like, yeah. And then just imagine taking an hour, how many shots could she get up in an hour on her own working skills and drills? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm always torn on this game versus practice. What is the ratio? And I know a lot of coaches do that. They struggle with this as well. Games serve a purpose. Practices serve a purpose. Or just working out, or every training, whatever it is. Right. Enlighten us. Like, what is this balance that we should strike? I, I have this discussion with parents all the time when we talk about what does the spring and summer look like. Yeah. For kids that will consider to be elite level and not elite level. And I always err on the side of, of making sure that they get stronger and making sure that their fundamental skill level continues to raise. One, our, We talk about 1% better every day. If yeah. you're in the gym, 1% better than the day before, or you haven't made any progress. You're either getting better or you're getting worse, one of the two, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, – I believe that if you align yourself with the right program and they are selective in when they play and how they play, and it's a good mix of the two, I believe that it's a win-win. I, I don't believe that these kids that play four games, three games on Saturday, and then jump over to another team and play three games on Sunday or two games on Sunday, I believe there's a point where they get to be 14, 15, 16 years old, and their bodies are going, wait a minute, yeah. I, I'm ready for this, and injuries occur, and you know you have a mental fatigue and a physical fatigue. And, um, uh, but I, believe, I do believe and I do support and understand you, you have to get play. You, know, you have to play. You can't just dribble and you can't just shoot. You have to right. play. Yep. So I, I'm really, really careful about being direct and honest again, my humble opinion for whatever it's worth with parents about what's the benefit and trade-off between program A, program B, program C, program yeah. B for what I know. And I think I do know from a local perspective, I think I do know enough about the four or five leading programs in this area. And uh, of those four or five, there's there's really one or two that I, I feel comfortable saying that's where you should end up. Mm-hmm. 
Well, off air, we'll talk about who that is. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you know, and what? So I get again. You know, one thing we hadn't mentioned is I started, and maybe this is just me, and I get so much more enjoyment out of it. And I'll tell you why. Open gyms, and I open it up certain times, Sunday nights, whatever it is. Uh, I'm doing one now for for seventh and eighth graders in my community. And they just play. They just play. They, you know, we shoot for what team you're on. And sometimes they're fair and sometimes they're not. And whoever makes their basket, right, is the first five that are in. But I'll tell you what. There's no coaching other than, you know, once in a while I'll say, hey, do this, do that. You know, there's no game strategy. I'm not saying, you know, I just said, keep it simple. All, you know, pass, cut, fill. All right. That's all you're going to do is pass, cut, fill. You know, maybe screen them, you know, set some screens. And the point of all is let them figure it out on their own. And they're just playing. There's no refs. They're calling their own fouls. Um, where does that come into the mix? And that's question number one. Question number two is I'm going to assume you and I, you know, you and I are about the same age. That's what we did. We you know, we didn't have the organized basketball or it wasn't as big as it was now, or maybe didn't have access to it. I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. Uh, we just played. Yeah. Every day, five days yeah. a week for hours. Yeah. yeah. You'd sneak into the local church and you'd play in their cafeteria gym or yeah. whatever you find. Whatever, wherever, whatever. Yeah. I grew up on in the Midwest and on the East Coast where, you know, it snowed from November until April. Right. So. Um, if you couldn't get into the high school gym, you're sneaking into the church or the local elementary school cafeteria. I, I'm with you. So we do open gyms. Uh, I came on SRV. I was I was very, very fortunate to have an exceptional uh, man as the athletic director. His name is John Rayner. And um, you've been around basketball for a while. You 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 may know uh, Mr. Rayner. Yeah. Um, just an exceptional person and really cared about basketball and the kids uh, but John was John was a um, John made sure you knew the rules and he articulated to me very clearly the rules of our open gym and I've always tried to follow those to the best of of my ability so we do open gyms a little bit different than some of the schools that um, I either have been told about or I've gone and watched yeah they're open we do it a little bit different so we usually do a two-hour time window and the first hour is dedicated to skill development. So yeah. the kids, and again, I'm, I'm not coaching. I don't, I don't offer any type of coaching. We don't do any coaching. The, the most we'll do is rebound, right? Yeah. First hour, so let's just say it's four to six. And four, yeah. four to five is all skill development. We do that because that allows kids from the community to come in that can't play with some of the older girls, let's just say, because they're they're physically not capable of it. Yeah. It also allows girls that say that are on our freshman team or want to be on our freshman team that might not have the skill or ability to play with the varsity age to varsity level girls. Yeah. They can still come in and, and play their game. Where whereas, like you mentioned, if you just do a, a you know, you just do a lot of play, those girls generally get I don't want to say lose interest, but they generally get um uh, they don't. They don't want to. They don't want to get out there and get over. Be overwhelmed, right? They want to be able right. to 
compete right. against someone at or near their skill level. So right. yeah. skill stuff allows them to work on their game for an hour. And if they want to stick around and play and we have enough, we'll break it out into two groups. So we'll have kind of like an advanced group and kind of like an intermediate group. And that allows everybody to enjoy the open gym to the best of their ability. But like you, I love open gyms. I'd have an open gym every night, Bill, if my school would let me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I, a uh, couple, well, last, even last week, it, the last two weekends we've had it. Um, and I mean, I am the, I, I'm act like a, I don't know, 16 year old boy because I'm cheering, I'm jumping around. I'm, you know, like, Oh my gosh, she just hit that deep three, you know? And, and they're doing things that they normally probably wouldn't do in the game because they don't want to lose the game or they don't want the coach to pull them out or that, you know, or the pressure, uh, you know, being embarrassed because they tried you know, this new crossover that they're doing or working on. And it's, it's so magical. I just, I just love seeing and watching them play. And I think most importantly, laughing. Yeah. And having fun with it. So great. Uh, That's such a great point. I, 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 it sometimes goes overlooked, but the joy that you see them have um, amongst themselves and with their friends and strangers, you know, people they don't really, really know that well yeah. to see that joy. Uh, you bring that up and it, it, it really resonates with me. It's something that maybe I don't appreciate as much as I should, but uh, that's very rewarding for me too. I love seeing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let's get back on the AU thing. So, you know, AU started out with the best intentions. It's kind of gone to, you know, more uh, of a business now. It is a business, right? Coaches trying to grab the best, or teams trying to grab the best players so they can win and get the sponsorship, get dollars blocked, right? Uh, how do we change it? Hmm. You know, what, and if you had a, well, let me ask it this way. If you had a magic wand and poof, there's this, there's something that exists across the world or maybe just in the United States. Cause I think, and I'd love to get my uh, uh, European friends on here to talk about basketball there. Cause it is different. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll do that too. Uh, so if you're listening right in, let me know if you want to talk about your, uh, your equivalent to your AAU programs there, but uh, how do we change it or what needs to change? Yeah. Uh Again, That's, magic wand situation here, John. Yeah. Um, my magic wand would have to have an awful lot of uh, multiple attempts in it because I, I think the, as soon as I would tell you I'd want to do this, I think I'd probably go, but, but I also would want to do this. I'd also, yeah. first of all, quality of coaching is critical, right? The quality of coaches, you've got to have the best coaches or, or good coaches in there that care about the things that you find are important. What I find are important are skill development, relationships, um, camaraderie, confidence building, um, those type of life lessons, teaching life lessons, right? We're constantly trying to to tell them that sports is a metaphor for life and yeah. what happens, here happens out there. And if we can get it right here for you, it's a great stepping stone for what goes up. So to me, that's kind of criteria number one. How do you control that? I don't know. As a parent, I just would make sure that I was very clear on the style and quality of the coach that has my kids' AAU time and my money. Well, and I think, I mean, 
you know, a little self-promotion here. That's what we're trying to do at coaching, coaching youth hoops with the Facebook group now with our, you know, our system that we create in the playbooks um, and this podcast. It's having speakers on like you who, you know, it takes a little bit, right? It's a drip of water. It's 1% better every time, right? It's, if a coach who's kind of, you know, or a coach, a new coach that's hearing this or an old coach and says, you know what, John is right. You know, that's, you know, we should, you know, we should do more of X, uh, you know, and, and we should do more drills and skills building versus the games. And, you know, games are important, as we have said, but are they as important as is leveling up the kids uh, when they're young and getting the skills that they need? Yeah. And what is this all for is the other question. Why are why? I mean, why do why why do we why why do we have the coaching youth hoops podcast and and Facebook group? Why are you and I talking? Why do we even care? Like, what is the you know? You look down your bench, and your team might be a little bit different. You are you know Division One. You have a great program, great culture, great community of girls coming in. You know, I, uh, but you look down your bench and you look at player number I don't know twelve and eleven. Don't see the court as often they're there grinding every day with everybody else you know what do we you know are, are you know what what is it what's in it for them and i yeah. think you can't lose sight of that bill uh that is such a it's it's you you read my notes i think <laughs> somehow you got into my notes and saw them because we had what i thought was one of the most gratifying and rewarding moments of my coaching career at the end of towards the end of this season yeah and, uh, without boring your listeners you know we we had a very good season we played in the bet the highest division in the state against some of the best teams and you know we were a razor's edge away from you know making it all the way to the the big big game so we were right there yeah with a group of girls that by the words of one of the big sports writers in town said that we graduated almost everybody and have no pool of talent in our area. So they, so to to have that success this year was really cool, but to get back to your point, the most rewarding and gratifying things that happened in my coaching career was number 11, number 11 and number 12 that you just talked about. So those are the girls at the end of the bench, right? Those are the girls that don't see much play time. But just before we got done with the season, we met with the kids and said, you know, this is crunch time. This is critical. This is where it's all worth. We need everybody bought in, everybody pulling on the rope the same way, everybody supporting everybody. That number 11 and number 12 girl, both came to the the group and, and both came to the conversation and said, we are going to be as good as we can be in practice. Whether we make it on the floor or not for a game, we're going to be as good as we can be in practice so that everybody else gets better because we're better. And guess what? That We'll, we'll say 10, 11, 12 on the team. Yeah. 10, 11. They spent the next three, two to three weeks, they were killing it. They were, they'd show up for practice with this unbelievably good attitude. They always did, but they take it at a you know take it at the, the 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 top five if you will. They work so hard. They're the reason why I can comfortably say, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven got so much better in the playoffs and the, you know the, the the playoff season 
is because 12, 11, and 10 said, we're going to make a difference. Yeah. If we're not going to play during the game, watch what we do in practice. And they did. And it was so rewarding and so obvious. That, you know, we talk about, we, I don't know if it was this one or the previous podcast, we talk about what's winning. Right there, you just summed yeah. it up. That's a win. Yeah. Whatever you, whatever happened moving forward, you won the state championship or not, it doesn't matter, right? That is a win because those girls will remember that. They will remember that for the rest of their life, um, you know, and, and that will serve them so well for the rest of their life, period, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that's a testament to you, coach, you know, and the culture that you created. But let's bring this back now and kind of in summary of give me, because there's, you know, there's lots of parents out there, there's lots of coaches right now, you know, they're thinking, they're contemplating what we what we should do, AU or not, competitive. It doesn't even happen. I mean, there's not everybody belongs to AU, but they belong to some competitive, you know, program. Give me you know, let's let's maybe focus in on well, maybe let's do this. Let's break it into chunks because I think this is I think there's a huge difference. I had a coach, you know, what offense should I run for my first and second grade team? Right? I'm like, first off, no offense, because you're gonna pull your hair out trying to even implement any offense. But you know, that the set and I'm I'm I, a little bit all over this place i just had another thought which just makes me so just angry i'll call it angry about au programs there should be at the young youth level because i hear this story over and over and over again i have a i'm a third grade coach how do i break a press i'm like why are we pressing why are we pressing in third grade and even fourth grade, uh, you know, maybe at those elite, elite, elite levels, but are you really that elite in third grade? Yeah, you might stand out a little bit more, uh, but come on, stop, stop with that craziness of why, but you know why they're pressing, right? The other team's pressing because they want to win and then, right? Uh, but anyway, I just got on a tangent there, coach. I'm sorry, but that's that's one example of where AU gets it wrong. In my yes. opinion, I agree. And how many college and pro teams do you see pressing during a game? Right, yeah. I'm with you. I, I'm also, I'm also. You're going to get hate. You're going to get hate mail on this one. <laughs> I, but I'm also the anti-zone coach. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. It's always a big topic on the Facebook group. I don't believe in youth sports that we should be using um, zone as a as a common form of defense. I believe we teach man-to-man principles. Yeah. I believe once in a while you can throw in a zone. No, no problem. That's a, in a normal game. We'll show a zone once in a while just to mix it up. I'm yeah. okay with that. But we teach our kids best by um, with the man-to-man principles. But um, I, I believe if if we were to kind of bring this all back in and say how do we, how do we create, uh, how do we create a a vision for our child, for our children, for our players yeah. that, you know, meets the goals of what, the, what, what we've established. And if the goals are to develop them, to get them ready for the next level, whatever that next level would be, I'd be very judicious. I'd be very deliberate in making sure I 
I understand what the philosophy of the program is. I understand what the coaches' uh, strengths are and how much time they'll be spending on the development part versus the showcase and the airplanes and the you know, three-hour drives and, and all that. I'd be very, very sure that I'm getting out of the program exactly what I need rather than the 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 kids' feeling of I'm aligned with program A, so therefore I'm in I'm in I'm in the right click group. Does that does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well and let's break that even down a little bit further. So I'm let's just be realistic. Third grade through third th- third through fifth. Okay. Do I do AAU or not? Um and does what you just said change any and should I be – yeah, anyway, I'll leave it at that. Do I do AAU or not third to fifth grade? Is there an alternative to the AAU or is it is, – is, is the, are the games, the, the organized games limited to AAU sphere during that time where you say you're not in your CYO program or you're not in a summer? Yeah, it's, out, yeah, it's outside of the normal basketball season, so spring through summer, right? Yeah. I think what I would do is um, if I was to start John's AAU program tomorrow, yeah, I, what I would tell parents is I'm going to spend your money on gym time to train your kids, yeah. to develop kids. And then we'll be selective on what tournaments or play we go to do. I would look for, I would contact other coaches and ask them if we could do one-off kind of games where we could not just, play a game but also have a co- kind of a coaching opportunity during the game where uh, on occasion we're able to stop it and kind mm-hmm. of teach going along and then let them play a quarter and then stop and teach yeah uh, that's where i think i would i would say yes aau if you could be selective as to making sure that you're not every sunday for six weeks or every other sunday for six weeks driving three hours two hours to play two games and then driving back to play a a Sunday game, um, but you're you're not you're only working out two times a week in a practice, which many of these kids don't even attend. So they show up on right. the week yeah. games, and they really don't know what's going on. Right? It's just yeah. run up and down, press if you can, uh, transition basketball. So I I don't think I've answered your question, but uh, I would say yes if it's the right program that fills the goals that you've established for whatever your child is is looking to do and then what about as we get older so now we're talking sixth seventh and eighth grade um comp- does the competition and again assuming there's a is it, your kid is a decent player maybe not the best not the worst somewhere in between um you know which is the mass majority there's you know there's only a handful of those elite kids and then everybody else is you know mediocre to you know they can't dribble that well, right? So right. let's talk about the masses. What do I do? Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. What? How should I think about going into uh, the spring and summer program if I'm a parent or if I'm a coach? Right. And, and the basketball player that you were talking about is somebody that has aspirations to playing at a, at a higher level or just somebody that wants – They want to um, make their high school team, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so that clarifies that, that, that to me, that's, that's a very simple answer. 
I would spend that money on skill development with a really great trainer mm. with a, with a complimentary on your own type program that the trainer would probably develop. And then, and then I would look for games through local club teams, or I would, I would look to join a local club team, whether it be AAU or something else yeah. where I could play, I could play a minimal amount of games to keep me fresh and keep me competing against hopefully other kids that want to play high school basketball, which, you know, we both know that's not always what you get. Right. Uh, I think I would play in that realm rather than look to join the, I guess, quote unquote, the best program. Right. And pay, pay that kind of funding to skip over the skill stuff and work on the tournament stuff. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, okay, that that makes a lot of sense. And you know, and I think you know, is is it okay to go? Say you you're in a club. Your focus is a lot on skills, and they win. You know, let's say they have ten games in a season, they win three, so you're three and ten, but they focus a lot on skills. How do you? How do you? Uh, how do you communicate if you're the coach of that organization? How do you communicate that to the parents? Right? Because that happens a lot where you know you're not gonna you might not win a lot if you focus a lot on the skills. Yeah, as you know, coaching as long as you have now is you know how to win a game if you really need to win a game, right? At that level, at that youth level, right? You press, you zone, you know, whatever, you know. But uh so anyway, you hear you you hear my point. Yeah, the that comes down to a conversation we had, I think, earlier about the lack of loyalty in the program, both from the coaches and from the players. And if I have to communicate to Mrs. Jones that we, you know, we only won three out of eight of our games this month, but Stephen has gotten significant, has become significantly better at, um, Post play, because that's what we have as a priority for him. Post play, his footwork and his post play are significantly better during those during that month or two months. If I have to have that conversation, I think that Stephen's not in the right place. And I failed on communicating to Stephen's parents that this is what this is what success looks like for me, for Stephen yeah. and for the program, and that is to make them better basketball players because you you told me that you wanted Stephen to play high school basketball. Well, these are the things that we'll need to do to get Stephen ready to play high school basketball. Yeah. And it doesn't mean beating that doesn't mean beating Bill and Ted's AAU program um, in a showcase in you know in Chicago. That yeah. that's not part of the equation. Uh, and that's a really good point, Coach. Uh, uh, you know, one of the uh, I have this particular drill. You know, because if if a parent came to me and said Johnny wants to play in in school or in, in in high school, or maybe he's already playing in high school, but he wants to, he's on the team, but he's not getting much playing time. And you know, I'll do an assessment, look at where his skills are, and you know, a lot of times it comes down to if you know footwork, shooting, you know, a few, you know, fine tuning a few things. But you know, I have the the most boring drill in the world, but it's probably in 10 years of coaching is probably the most effective drill that I have seen work for shooting and improving your shooting percentage. Right. Um, But it's boring. 
but it works. It's, it's high, it's really effective. Um, you know, my kids who are coming out of the program are shooting at a very high level. I say that because the skill work, you know, quote unquote, is the boring work or it's the, it's the tedious work. It's the, you know, non-flashy, whatever you want to call it. It's the non-flashy work that um, shows up on the court, but you got to put the work in it in, in to get to that point. And I think we all just have to take a time out and say, you know, you got to put time in if you want to see the results on the court, if you want to be a, you know, a, a just a good high school player. You don't have to be the even, you know, just to be a good high school player. Do you know what the single greatest drill that I've ever used, and, and I use it from when I coach third grades and third grade kids in camps, or, you know, uh, we have a couple girls on our team that were uh, first and second team all state this year, right? Okay. Yeah. I use the same drill in our varsity practices as I use for the third grade camps. Yeah. And it's the simplest drill in the world. And to me, it's the most effective fundamental drill that uh, I've ever taught. And I use it all the time. Okay. And that is two basketballs start at the second hash. Well, if they're young or you start back at the elbow, if they're older, two basketballs, no dribble, right-handed underhand layups, two steps only, right side, left side, right mm. side. And it it not only tells you everything you need to know about where they currently are in their but it reminds these kids of the fundamental stuff like as the older kids get better at that drill, yeah. we move, we move them out to the three-point line. Yeah. And they they get two steps only just like they would in a game and what that teaches them bill is that when they're in a situation um where they have to they don't have to think anytime they're in that three-point line as they're getting older again um they know that they've just proven it over and over i can make it from the three-point line to the basket in two steps without ever putting the ball on the floor yeah. And so you said you have two balls. So it's one tucked and then you have the. Yeah. yeah one yeah. The other one so it prevents you from bringing that offhand to the ball. Cause yeah. that's what, you know, you, you, your, your first instinct is to bring that ball to the center body. Right. Exactly. And then that's when the ball gets stolen from yeah. you. So we teach them to keep the offhand ball, the ball with the hand, I should, the, the ball in the hand that's the shooting hand out away from the body. And we scoop as we go to the basket keeping it away from the defender. That's the most effective drill. It's the simplest in the world, but it tells me everything I need to know about the current status of the kid or, or, or the potential of the kid or whether the kid gets it or not uh, as they're older. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I love simple drills like that. And that's what I was saying. That was my point too. What I was, you know, the simple works and it doesn't have to be complicated and, um, so, so we we went from AEU to talking about our simple drills, which I absolutely love, and this is the nature of this particular podcast. We just get on tangents as coaches. We could probably sit on the phone for the next three hours, uh, just doing one podcast after another right here. But um, I think we'll we're going to lose listenership. They probably won't. Uh, they'll probably turn us off. Uh, but who cares? It's just for us, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, John, again, I thank you for your time. This has been uh, just a wealth of knowledge that you shared uh, with coaches around the world. Uh, You know, I have to say, keep up the work, 
that you're doing. It's absolutely amazing what you created at your high school. Uh, you know, if, you, you know, you need to you need to train coaches because we need more of you oh, in this you. sport. And I truly <laughs> believe. You know, I truly, I truly mean that. Um, you know, as Coach Alaco always used to say to me, "Keep up the good work." There's only a few of us left, so uh, I'm going to say that back to you. Um, you know, keep up the good work. Uh, you know, I know your son is coaching. Make sure he, he you know, he's, yeah. he's he's carrying that torch forward in every coach you touch. So, um, thank you. And thank you. we're going to have you back on. So uh, at oh. some point in the future. So let's keep in touch. And uh, um, again, appreciate your time. And any final word? Any final word on AU yeah. or spe- or special drills? Go ahead. Yes, I will. I will leave you with this. And I, I appreciate the the kind words. And uh, it has been one of the most rewarding and joyful things that I've ever done. Uh, and that is coaching youth basketball. And I will tell you that um, my, my legacy, uh, the fingerprints that I leave after I'm, I'm gone yeah. are very, very important to me. Very important to me that I, I always, in everything I do in life, I always want to know that I left it better than the way I found it. Yeah. And whether it's uh, the fence in my backyard or, or <laughs> basketball, but I'll tell you just quickly, this weekend, I did something that I never do, ever in the spring season. I went to an AAU basketball game. I never do it because once the season ends, I take the spring off, and yep. I, I don't like some of the, the AAU stuff that I see. So I never go, but I went this day because my son was coaching an AAU team. And uh, now Joe's used to coaching, like you said. I think Joe's win-loss record as an assistant coach at SRV is something like, 148 and 30. Okay. So he's, <laughs> he's not used to losing. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. no, it's higher than that. It's, it's much higher than that actually. So anyways, he's coaching a team of, of seventh and eighth graders that I would say are those kids. We've talked a lot of youth kids say we've talked a lot about that aspire to be better to that one day make a high school team. And they played a very good team a very good team this weekend and they got beat, uh, but they competed. And um, after the game, I said to Joe, uh, you know, what would you think? And he said, it's, it's a tough transition for me, dad, to go from, you know, the, the level that we have to, to, to trying to make a difference. Um, And some of these girls, you know, are, are really struggle with understanding the discipline and the structure but he says, if I can just make a difference in one of their lives, That's if right. I just make them see that they can do more than they think they can, it makes all of this worthwhile. And I kind of got a tear in my eye and said, I did it. Yeah. I won. Yeah. That's what you won. Yeah. That's what, so we want to pass that on to as many as we can. And, right. and Joe's the next generation of that. He loves the coach. And so I, I thank you for the kind words. And that's really what it's all about to me is to – pass on what others have been kind enough to give to me. All right, coach. Thank you. Until next time, have a great off season and uh, good luck to you uh, next year. Thank you so much, Bill. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.